welcome to Pop of Passion. Join me, Jack Sparker, comedian and highly sensitive person, along with a guest every other week as we delve into our deepest passions. From being a plant dad to conquering insecurity with comedy. If you relish the memory of an unexpected late night conversation with a stranger about their obscure passion, the kind where you have tears in your eyes one second and are doubled over laughing the next, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. I'm Jack Sparker and I'm so glad you're here. My guest today has seen Cardi B naked. She's a senior writer at Rolling Stone with a focus on pop music and fandom. She hosts the Amazon Music podcast, Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums. Please welcome to Pop of Passion, Brittany Spanos. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. It's a (laughs) holiday. You know, it's very impressive that you took the time. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, Brittany, what is your passion? Um, My passion is standing out. That's amazing. I had to think, I had to think, like, what it was going to be because I didn't want to be, like, writing, you know? Right. Because that's just my job, you know? But, like. I was like, what am I, what am I passionate about? But I do like doing things to like stand out. Yeah. You're a Leo, right? Yeah. It makes sense. It was written in the stars that you would be (laughs) born to stand out. Yeah. So what does standing out mean to you? Like what's an example of that? Um, I think like, especially I was thinking, I think even in terms of like a lot of conversations I've had with a couple of my friends recently about like how, the idea of like being perceived, you know, and like the Mm -hmm. idea of like, I think there's like this very popular sentiment of being like, I don't want to be perceived or I don't want like, you know, to like to stand out and to be sort of like loud with like how I express myself or like, you know, dress and things like that. And I'm like, I've always really liked kind of doing things that allow me to be perceived in a way and like kind of are able to put me not in like, the shadows of the world and no longer being like shy about things. So yeah. the personal growth element of it, but yeah. That's so cool. I met you, it was like very early on in college, but I mm-hmm. am lucky enough to be Facebook friends with your mother. So I yeah. have seen photos of you as a child. She's so <laughs> nice to share them once in a while. And I could see that from an early age. You were like, here I am. Yeah. Ready to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was an only child too. So that, you know. <laughs> yeah. The Leo <laughs> only child. Part. It was a double whammy. But yeah, it's, it's great. Kind of, you know. Yeah. I think there was a, a lot of um, attention from adults in my life. So I was like, okay, like only child here I come. But like, you know, as you get older and you like go through your teens or whatever, you're like, okay, like I should conform more, like dress more like this or whatever. And I think like a big part of growing up and getting to know myself has been like, I like being like a little eccentric with things that I like wear, like how I express myself or like being able to like be who I am versus like the idea of like what I'm supposed to be, you know? Yeah. You went to a Catholic high school. Did you have a uniform? Yes. Yeah. That's so interesting because you keep saying like, especially in terms of dressing, you want to stand out, but for those four years, you were told what to wear. Yeah. So were there any Not even ways? for, it was, oh, was my it entire longer? life. I was wow. in Catholic school. Yeah. 
well, like preschool until college, but wow, yeah. So did you ever like do anything to make yourself stand out within your uniform? Well, we really couldn't, you know, like it was pretty strict in high school and in elementary school too, to a degree, obviously high school was, they had a lot more rules because people were figuring out how they wanted to express themselves. And like, you know, like girls wanted to show more body and like guys wanted to like, you know, like wear like, you know, dumb shit. Like they became very strict with that, but it was funny because, um, I even like when I came to New York and like was preparing for it, like I literally just like didn't have clothes. Like I like yeah, had yeah. only t-shirts because we couldn't wear um, non-crew neck shirts, for example, wow. for dress down days because they thought it was too low cut to wear like a V-neck if you're a girl. And we oh. couldn't wear, um, you know, you can like paint your nails non-neutral colors and you couldn't dye your hair, wear makeup. Like it was like very, like you couldn't do things that were very loud and expressive um and we had like very few dress down days so it wasn't really a concern but I just like did not have clothes and I also did speech in high school so I wore suits every weekend for that so it's really funny to like shop for college because I was like I literally don't know how to dress myself because I just don't know what people wear yeah (laughs) and then you were like in Washington Square Park and everyone's wearing whatever the hell and you were like okay while we're doing it do you have any (laughs) memories of like favorite outfits from like those first couple months of college none of them (laughs) (laughs) none you'd like to recall none I'd like to I like sometimes look back on the clothes that I had freshman year of college and it was very 2010 you know like yeah a lot of like tunics and shit like it was just like not not um anything that I would wear I had like I had a couple cute dresses I will say that like I had a couple cute like going out dresses um yeah but they also were kind of like homecoming ish because I didn't know how else to dress when you went out so yeah (laughs) it was like a you know little peplum situation oh my gosh peplum was so big (laughs) like a lot of a lot of leggings and uggs and things you know just that very very 2010 totally um, I just came here from the Midwest right but yeah (laughs) well um can you think about like who was an example to you of someone who stood out when you were younger who you were like oh they stand out and I kind of want to emulate them I think like um because I've always loved pop music so it's like always like pop stars who were weird and like you know did stuff that felt just like very forward thinking and like very, you know, kind of against the grain of what everyone else was doing, you know, like I I also like really like a lot of rock music too. And like a lot of, you know, stuff like that. And that was kind of always, always felt so unique. And I think just because that world was so different, like the music world and like entertainers and what they were doing was so different from what everyone else I knew was doing. Cause everyone I knew was in Catholic school. Like that was my entire social circle and like it was just like everyone is you know we all have to do these things and we all have to like wear the same way but then I can look at like I don't know um like system of a down or like you know also like Hillary Duff or something you know people like I just like loved Avril Lavigne like people I loved when I was like 10 I was like oh they're just kind of their entire aesthetic is like about doing something like against the mold like that's like what every song is about and like you know yeah stuff like that so stuff like yeah that was very influential in how I looked at the world 
and wanted to be perceived in the same way that like a pop star would be perceived. So, yeah. Right. You were like Lizzie McGuire before she went to yeah. Rome. Before the pop star. I had not yet been to Rome. Right. <laughs> I had not met my doppelganger yet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I just think like those years of like late high school, early college are so formative in terms of so many things. It's like your style. That's like, you know, now everyone's telling us like we can't have a side part. We have to have a middle part. And it's like, no, but like I've already decided who I am and I'm going to have a side part. And it's like the music we listen to during those couple years, I feel like that's always going to be like our soul. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, definitely. You can come to new things, but like when that song comes on and you're in like a grocery <laughs> store, you're in wherever you are, it's like, oh my gosh, you're transported back to like 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like all of those songs are just so defining to like what I what I even like in music. Like it's no matter how many times my taste changed as I got older and it's like the stuff that I loved when I was under the age of 13, especially. Well, I don't know. I guess, like, generally under the age of 18, like, before I was, like, you know, an adult and being, like, okay, like, these things are, like, from my youth and I can no longer carry them with me. And it's, like, no, like, that's, like, what I loved. And that's what I go back to. And that's that's why I like the things I like now. Like, and that's so important with everything is, like, it's all, it's all kind of, like, a nostalgia circle whether we realize it or not and like keep going back to all of those things but yeah I definitely feel like it's very still very defining for my taste everything that I loved as a as a teenager and as a even younger kid like being obsessed with NSYNC and like being obsessed with Britney Spears like that still matters to me totally and it's like you've parlayed it into a career where you talk about fandom yeah and that's amazing. I've talked a couple times on the podcast about like, you know, in order to like everyone has a passion, but to get paid for your passion is like, I can't imagine that. So yeah. like, it's so cool that you get to do that. And it's like, you've really taken your niche and like yeah. expanded on it. And now you're so successful and it's amazing. It's been like so yeah. cool to and see. Even in like what I cover now, I think for a while I was like, that's not what I should cover. Like I should be covering like, you know, more, I know different stuff or like more like grown things. I was like, no, I love boy bands and I love like, like, you know, music that's fun. Like why wouldn't I cover this stuff? Like it's not, I don't need to be covering, I know rock music to be respected or like cover like whatever. I like the older writers that I emulate cover, like that's not the point. Like they were covering the things that made them, you know, feel something and like things that they were passionate about I am passionate about music that's very fun and (laughs) like you know I remember we saw that uh the One Direction documentary at the Union Square movie theater that was so (laughs) fun and I've watched it It since and it's like I still feel like I'm 20 years old when I watch that yeah because it's like yeah it's just so joyful and it's like, oh my gosh, and look how these boys have grown and like most of them are dads now and I'm like, oh my God, like it's just amazing (laughs) to see people grow. Yeah. So do you think your passion for standing out like 
Do you think that was inspired by like um, someone in your life at a young age, like a real life figure, like um, sort of being like, no, push, 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 go stand out? Or do you think it was something inside of you or where do you think it came from? Well, I actually like was the the reason why I also like was thinking about this too is like a lot of conversations I've had with my friend Courtney is like we've been talking a lot about because we went to high school together and like we are both plus size like we've always been and like I think for the longest time we were told like to not stand out because of that and like I think you're conditioned for a long time like if you look not a certain way like you're not supposed to stand out and it took a long time for us to unlearn that and now it's like I don't know. We're both like the most overdressed people at every single event that we go to. Like we always are like, we dress very differently from each other, but every time we go out, like we're both like literally like full makeup, like doing like, you know, the most insane outfits, things like that. Like it's really just like tits out at every party. Like it's like every, every, you know, it's just like looking cute and doing all that. But like, yeah, I think it's like from that, I don't know. It's a lot of unlearning of things. I think for a lot of people, like, it's not just like about being plus size or about being like, you know, having a certain kind of hair, or, like being a certain whatever. Like, it's like, it's, you're kind of told to like conform to this one way of looking and then it everything else makes it impossible to make that, like make it easy for you to stand out or to not conform. So I think that's a big part of it too. Is like growing up and just being like, you know what, like I can dress really hot or dress like the way I want to dress and like yeah. I shouldn't like feel like I cannot do that because there are fewer options for me to choose from like I can totally make it work <laughs> yeah I must say today you're killing it yeah and I know it's an audio yeah. podcast you guys but sh- I'll tell you she looks great <laughs> I just think it's so fun to like you know have an idea like okay so I'm going to this place tonight and this is what I'm going to wear because I want to get this reaction. I know I do that. Yeah. Oh, I do that like yeah. as far in advance as I possibly can. Like, right? There are things that I have like planned for that I'm like, I know exactly when I'm going to wear this outfit. Like I know there's like yeah. this thing happening a month from now. And especially like over the last year, obviously, like the way that I plan things is so much, I'm like I'm much less spontaneous than I was before right. because- I like basically had like a very small group of people that I could see and like it was took a it was a lot of planning of like okay like we're gonna see each other at this thing what place has like an outdoor thing that we can go to will the weather be nice like right when do we get tested like so there's a lot of planning already then I was like okay like what am I gonna wear to see these people that I get to see so rarely now like I need to look super nice because I want to like be cute for them like be cute for my friends and so I feel like that's still happening so much even though it's a little bit easier with everyone being vaccinated to make the plans like I'm still like still a lot of preparation for it I still know where I'm going to be two weeks from now so I'm like okay what am I going to wear for this event two weeks from now like a friend's birthday or like uh, you know a little like picnic or something like I was like okay right even like my birthday like I plan like months in advance of like oh, what yeah. am I gonna wear <laughs> yeah I'm a hundred percent the same way yeah I was like okay so we're launching the podcast on my birthday the logo is purple I'm wearing purple and then I was like shopping for a purple dress it was like whole ordeal and 
then we were like at the party and I was like so overdressed, but I was like, you know what? It's my birthday. I'm allowed to be overdressed. It's, you know what I mean? It's part of life. Do you ever (laughs) think about like those milestone events, like years in the future? Like, have you thought about like, um, you don't have to share like details, but I'm just wondering like, if you were to get married, do you know like what you would want to look like? Oh yeah, I have a Pinterest board. Yes, like, <laughs> that's when. Yes, no, same. Yes. Yeah, like I have no shame in my my wedding Pinterest board for like my non-existent husband. Like, of course, like I yeah. have already planned out the color scheme, like everything. Like I, I know no one's gonna have to ask me twice. Like, no, no totally. planner can do it as good as I can. Yeah, like, it's there. But yeah, like there's like a lot of stuff that I definitely, um, you know, I think there are ways that I've thought of that and like other sort of I don't know like dream outfits that I can wear to like events that I can't quite pinpoint what they would be but like you know things that I would like to do that for but but yeah I don't know I think I I found for myself a balance between like caring about how I look but not caring about how I look in the way of like that is like the basis of how um I don't know where I like care too much about how people think about how I look. Right. I think that's for you. I'm trying to think of like the right way to put it. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like for me. And it's for like the people I love too. Like I like, I like to get dressed up for my girls. Like I yes. like to like, you know, look nice and also like amp them up and, yes. you know, encourage them to like feel like they can wear whatever they want around me and like, you know, do whatever, like dress however and feel comfortable with it. So it's like definitely a not for the idea of like the world, like how I want them to see and like, or, like judge me on it. I'm like, it's like, cause I look good in it and I feel good. In it. Yeah. I want to do that. And so there are things that I have like aspirational sort of like these like moments where I'm like, this is like the ultimate time to show out with this kind of stuff or like to feel, to be perceived, you know? Right. I wasn't planning on asking this, but I have to know if you were to be on the cover of Rolling Stone and you got to pick your outfit, what would you wear? Like if you were to shoot it tomorrow, oh, and like you, I don't know. you don't have a budget. I don't know actually. It's like weird because like all my favorite Rolling Stone covers are like like a little like naughty, you know. It's like yeah. Janet Jackson with like her hands over oh, her yeah. boobs or like you know, it's like stuff like that. And I and like the Lizzo cover where she's like yes. you know in like a a see through floral bodysuit, like yeah. stuff like that. I love, but like, I also, because I've been there for so long and it's like, I know everyone who would work on it. I'd be like, I don't, that, that's like a weird work. Like, okay. Oh yeah. Separation yeah. thing. Totally. So I'm like, okay, like my ideal cover, if I were like a pop star, I would be like, kind of like a, like a, like, you know, a fun kind of like semi-naked cover, but also yeah. like, I don't want the photo editors that I've known since I was 22 to like work on this cover. So I'm like, it would have to be a whole different, Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Any other magazine. So it's like, I have thought about it and we've like made jokes about it. Cause we also do, um, when people leave, like be like edit their faces onto covers and things oh, like cool. that. So like me and the editors, like, will like talk about like, okay, like when you leave, like whatever, like this is the cover I want. Like, yeah. like this is the one that I want. I'm like, if ever the reality of it being shot, I'm like, I've like known all these people since I was so young. Like, it's so weird to think about like if I did that. So yeah. That's like a slight that's a a need to be perceived less by a group right. of people. You don't <laughs> need yeah, HR the getting covers involved. I love are like the 
kind of like you know very like con- like yeah I'm yeah not really controversial. I guess like the Britney Spears one is kind of controversial right but, like, that's what came like to that. my mind it was Britney Spears yeah. and Janet Jackson and then I was thinking of the Jessica Simpson pushing the vacuum yes. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah it would have to be like that style of cover because those are the most fun ones right <laughs> that is so cool yeah. Um. So, like in your day to day life, other than clothes, are there any other ways you look to stand out? Like, do you use? Yeah, your voice? I think like I. Yeah, I think it's just. Um, I don't know. I think I like to be very pre- as present as I can be in like the lives of people around me and I like try to like stand out in in my work life and like I think so much of writing today is about standing out like you do have to kind of like need people to like read your stories and you need to like you know be kind of I don't know sometimes it's like for better or for worse a lot of writing and um media today is just like about sort of that like presence online or like presence in the that community larger community so I do think about it a lot and I think that's like a place where I'm like, okay, like what does standing out to me mean in terms of that? Um, Cause it shifts because I know that culture is like so weird, but I do care about like, like people to read my writing and I would like people to engage with my stories thoughtfully and like look to me as like a, a writer that they want to read and like care to read. So that is definitely like an area of my life where it's also matters and um, in its own ways. Yeah. yeah. I remember I read pretty much everything you write because I'm like such a fan. <laughs> but I remember my favorite piece is the Silver Springs um, piece. What would you call it? Is it a retrospective? I don't know. But it's like. Yeah, oh, it's like so not good. quite an oral history, but like uh, just like a written through historical. Yeah. Researchy piece. <laughs> That's just a like, feature, I guess. <laughs> I never close my like um google chrome tabs but like that's always there because like there will just be a tuesday afternoon and i'll be like you know what i should read that again gotta check it out and there are so many things you've written that i'm like they're just so well written but it's also your personality comes through and i think you know this idea of standing out comes through because you're doing such a great job at your job but you're also like shining you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not yeah. just about who you're talking to or what you're writing about, but you see your personality and you see this idea of like, I am Brittany, hear me roar. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think like, um, again, like the sort of media community can be very toxic in a lot of ways. But I think there's a, there is a similar sort of like conformity in like, you know, the way that you think about an artist, for example, like critical discourse. And like, right. I think there's like, you know, in the ways that you, the audiences you want to appeal to as a writer. And I think what's, I think there was periods of my early career where I cared a lot about um, making things that appeal to other writers. And that's not good. <laughs> like That's not like a good way to do it. And I think like, after a while, I was like, the things that appeal to other writers, like the music that they care about or like you know doesn't align with what I want to write about or like what I want what I actually do care about and what I feel passionately about or like what um you know 
I can put a lot of positive energy into. And I think that's, it's been, I like don't care so much about like appealing to a certain type of audience. Like I like want to write things that like, that the people who are interested in those things will be drawn to it naturally. And of course that audience is going to be different for every piece and like, um, you know, things that I would want to read no matter like who the byline was like, you know, like the Silver Springs piece was like a piece that I was like, I would like to read this. No one has written it. And yeah. this is a song that I am obsessed with. So let me write an obsessive story on it. Like literally spent like months look, looking into it and researching it because I was so obsessed with that song. And I was yes. like, I need to, I need to know the story behind it. Like it's gonna, I, it will follow me down and haunt me <laughs> if oh I do God, not yes. write the story on it. <laughs> so that's kind of like a lot of the stuff that I end up writing about is I just kind of become really obsessed with something and then um I'm like let's go for it yeah and I'm so glad that you do <laughs> and you always stand out in the process so I do have a little fun pop pondering for you I like yeah. to ask every guest a question that has the word pop in it so the one <laughs> I chose for you is pop is slang for pawning goods with a pawnbroker. What is something you would never, not even in dire circumstances, pawn? Ooh. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Your high school uniform? Yeah. <laughs> I like, I. I think the thing is like a thing that I just created, but it's filled with a lot of special things. So I don't know, maybe this is cheating, but maybe it's not. I made a scrapbook recently. Mm-hmm. And like, cause I just had all these photos that my mom gives me when I go home. Like she always yeah. like, she's been like cleaning out the house and so she'll find all these old like Polaroids and stuff like that. I just kind of like had them staying in my room for a really long time and um, didn't really have anything to put them in and then I was like, what am I going to do with these? And I was like, oh yeah, people scrapbook. Like people like make photo albums. Like that's the yeah. thing that people do. Um, and so I had put them all in one, one scrapbook and all those photos mean a lot to me. And yeah, cause we don't have, I don't have like a lot of like keepsakes or things like that. And um, I don't know, there's not like a lot of family stuff that we have. And I know it would like, if that's what I say, but like that, like that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, everything else is like extra, but no, those I photos. Told, yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Is there one like picture in there that you can think of that you're like, I know I was wearing that outfit. Um, yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. I'm like obsessed with all my outfits and all of them. Um, I was a very fashionable baby. Yeah. And I also was really obsessed with the color pink. So there's like a lot of photos from, um, I think it was my fourth birthday party, which was pink themed where I made everyone in my family wear something pink. Um, and it's funny. It was like, you know, the thing with like everything that you kind of do or liked as a kid comes back and like is there. And that's very much something that I do now is like have like a theme party or like force everyone to wear a certain outfit. I also love pink still. And so... Your nails yeah, are pink right now. My nails are pink right now. Like it's, oh, there's always something pink. Like, yeah. so I think that one is really funny because it's like, that's like such like a peak 
me thing (laughs) to do that I would do in a heartbeat now. Like I should probably have a pink themed birthday party to be honest, but like, you know, (laughs) it's just like, that one is almost too on brand and I love that. So (laughs) that's awesome. And it's very funny seeing my, like everyone in my family in pink, a lot of people who I had like never saw in pink again, like literally were forced to buy something for this party that they never wore again in their lives. That is so so cute too. Like that you were like four and you were like commanding adults. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I did a lot, a lot of themed birthday parties um, as a kid, and have done a lot of themed birthday parties in my twenties. So it really came back. Um, yeah, came back strong, stronger, and more intense than ever. <laughs> I love that. So fun. So um, I'm gonna do a passion plug, and I will let you do your passion plug. Um, so today's passion plug is our first uh, Patreon. Um, passion plug. It comes from Jane Hines. She'd like to plug the 2021 Metro Chicago Heartwalk digital experience. And she says, did you know that Chicagoland is home to the country's largest gaps in life expectancy? Heart disease is the leading cause of this gap because social factors like access to healthy food and quality health care are stealing precious years of life away. But this is preventable. So this year, Jane Hines is joining the American Heart Association's executives with heart to lead the way to creating a healthier Chicagoland. If you guys would like to get involved um, or donate, the walk is in September. You can do it remotely, and I will link to the um, website to donate if you're able in the show notes. Um, And thank you, Jane Hines, for being a patron. All right, Brittany, what is your pop of passion plug um i would like to plug loveland foundation um it is a really great charity that i um started donating to last year and it supports it's like therapy funds for black women and girls and i am a big fan of therapy and i think it should be more accessible for everyone as with all forms of healthcare. and i think it's um uh, so many Black women and girls don't have access to it. I think it's a conversation that in a lot of communities is not um, very open and I think not always accepted. So I think providing um, any sort of financial support to this charity and also to the the people that it helps is is really crucial. Yeah. Absolutely. It is crucial. Healthcare is huge and this country has a ways to go. Yeah. Thank you so much. I will link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, where can people find you and follow your work? Um, I am on Twitter. Oh, hey, Brittany. And all of my articles are, if you just Google Rolling Stone Brittany Spanos, and you will you'll get a, a link to thousands of articles I've written there for Amazing. many years of being at Rolling Stone. So that, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brittany. And thank you all for listening to Pop of Passion, produced by Christine Ferreira. Please follow the show on social media at Pop of Passion and at popofpassionpodcast.com. I'm Jack Sparker. Go out and be the light, living your passion. 